Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. So podcasts have really popped off in the last couple years and I feel like a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, Janine, how do I start a podcast? And I'm here to help you out today. So if you guys are interested in starting your own podcast, because I absolutely love podcasting, I think it is so fun and I think everybody should do it. So if you guys are interested in starting one, Spotify has a platform that lets you make one super, super easily. And even on the platform as well, they will distribute it everywhere for you. And then you can even earn money, which is so cool. It's all in one place and it's completely for free. It's called Spotify for podcasters and here's how it works. So Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts literally right from your phone or your computer. It's super, super easy. So no matter what y'all setup is like, you can start creating a podcast today. So don't feel like you have to have it all together to start one. You can start today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else that podcasts are heard. Also, what is so great is if you do want to have a video feature, video podcasts are available on Spotify and I have that on mine and I think it's just so fun and engaging for my audience to be able to see me on Spotify as well. So with Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. So definitely check that out. And here is the best of all point of this. It is completely free with no catch. So ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just feel like it has been so engaging. I feel like I'm loving the options that that Spotify is giving me with Q and A's and polls and even having video. So I highly recommend you guys give it a try. Download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. You guys are going to love this. If you've been wanting to start it, this is your sign. Well, I think the key is realizing that there's a pattern to our behavior. Thoughts lead to feelings, and then feelings lead to behavior. Wow, that is powerful. It makes you feel a little less crazy when you're feeling a certain yes. way, and you're like, man, why do I feel like this? And it's, it is kind of that whole phrase of like, feelings are real, but they're not always reliable.
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapola, and welcome back to the pod. Happy Tuesday, you guys. If you're listening on a Tuesday, we drop these every single Tuesday. And um, yeah, let's see. How am I doing today? The day that I'm filming this is Monday, April 17th. Um, I'm a little tired today, and I honestly feel a little under the weather. Like, I feel like I'm starting to get sick, which I'm like, no, no, no. I rebuke that. Not today, Satan. (laughs) So I'm probably going to try to take it easy today um, and get some meds and go get some lunch. Um, But yeah, I just had one of the best weekends I've had in a really long time. My boyfriend and I um, were very social this weekend, hung out with a ton of friends. I hosted a birthday party at my house this past Friday for my friend Hannah. That was really, really fun. Um, Just a great way to like, see a ton of friends and make her feel really loved on her birthday. And then Saturday we played tennis and went on a nice walk and then saw some other friends that night. And then Sunday we did church brunch. I mean, saw some more friends. Like it was a very busy social weekend, which is honestly why I'm probably so tired right now, but it was so fun. Like great weekend all around. And we are back to the grind of filming the podcast and everything. So I am genuinely so excited about today's episode because I bring on Deborah Folletta today and she is a professional licensed counselor. She's an author. She has a podcast and, um, Somehow her book popped into my mail and I was like, oh, like what's this book? And I started reading it and it is called Reset, Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings and Change Your Life. You guys can see the cover on Spotify as well as YouTube because I post those there as well. And I genuinely loved this episode because this is something that I'm personally processing through in my own life of my thoughts, my patterns. Um, I recently got back into counseling just because I wanted to make sure I was good in a lot of areas in my life and just have someone to kind of process through my emotions and thoughts with. And it's basically confirming everything that Deborah says in this book, as well as in this podcast. I can guarantee you this podcast is going to be a blessing to somebody out there that is processing through their emotions, their thoughts, their feelings. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel in a toxic cycle of anxiety or negative thinking. She has some great truths in this podcast. And it's cool because she's an actual licensed counselor. She's working with clients. She's studied this. She knows the brain, but she also incorporates God and faith into this topic as well, which is really, really cool just to show and see that the two can go coexist. The two do go together. So I really loved her book and I think this is going to be very great for you guys to listen to. So if you were ever listening, please let us know on the Happy and Healthy podcast as well as my Instagram. Tag me, tag the podcast and let us know. And if this was a blessing to you, comment in the comments below of either YouTube or Spotify. I know, I now know that Spotify has a lot of really cool engaging ways that you guys can interact with the podcast. I think there's like Q and A's on there. You guys can respond on there and you can also send voice memos. We are still accepting those or you can uh, send a voice memo and we will feature them in future episodes. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I think it's a blessing. You guys are going to like it and let me know your thoughts and I'll have a solo episode coming next week after this. So let me know y'all's thoughts and I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Let's go ahead and bring Deborah on the pod. All right. Welcome to happy and healthy. Deborah, how are you today? Good. It's good to be here. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I think I discovered you on Instagram or your publisher or somebody sent me your book 
and I got it in the mail and I was like, okay, what is this? And I looked at the title and I was like, this sounds like something that I need. So thank you. I'm glad whoever sent this to me. Thank you. And I started following you on Instagram and just love everything that um, you are sharing and doing over there. But I'd love for you just to kind of introduce yourself to my audience. Yeah, my name is Deborah Faleda, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. I am an author. I have six books uh, ranging from topics like dating, relationships, singleness, sex, and also uh, mental and emotional health is something I'm really passionate about. And I have a podcast as well called Love and Relationships, which I think you would love this. It's a hotline style show where people call in live with their questions and we kind of talk through them on the show. So that's been really fun to do. So I'm really passionate about the idea of getting healthy. And so I feel like our conversation today is just going to be such a perfect fit. Absolutely. Wait, that podcast sounds so fun. <laughs> like my audience are like younger girls and they, they always DM me and they're like, help, what do I do? How do I respond to this guy? Blah, blah, blah. So that is, so those are the people that would call in and yeah, that's talk so about it on the show. Hey, they got to give you a ring. I'm sure you have some really great advice. <laughs> Well, thank you. So that's why I was really excited to bring you on because you are a licensed counselor. Um, and I'm just like really looking forward to like your knowledge and your wisdom because a lot of the times I feel like people can be mainly speaking from experience or speaking from their past hurts or speaking from things that they've, you know, they're regurgitating from things they've heard online. But right. you're someone that is genuinely walking through it with people. You've studied it. You're still studying it. I'm sure you're always learning and finding out new things of like, oh, this is interesting or this is how the brain works. Right. Um, and so I'm really excited about your book because the, the subtitle of your book is Powerful Habits to Own Your Thoughts, Understand Your Feelings, and Change Your Life. Um, so could you just tell me more about your book and give, yeah. give like a summary of like why you wrote this and like, how is this going to help somebody? Well, I wrote reset because I feel like so many people want to change, you know, like if I asked you today to tell me what is one area in your life that you need to reset, what's one area that you need to change, you would probably have something that comes to mind. And for those of you who don't have something that comes to mind, that's kind of concerning <laughs> because I feel like we should always be on the trajectory of healing and growth and transformation, especially for those of us who are believers. It's like there's always something new that we're working on and healing in. But the problem is we often try to approach change from the outside in instead of the inside out. And we use our willpower, but eventually willpower runs out because willpower is not permanent. Mm. And then we're like back in the, the gutter. Like, what do we do now? You know, and, and this is around the time of year where most of our New Year's resolutions have bombed. Like, we're not going to the gym anymore. We're not eating healthy anymore. We're not, you know, if, if our New Year's resolution was to, to not get set off and react in anger, we're back to having those angry spells. Like, we're all of a sudden not doing what we wanted to do. And the reason is because we start externally instead of internally. When, when I was in college, I had this lemon of a car that was constantly breaking down on me. It had all these mechanical issues, like the windows would roll down suddenly or the <laughs> alarm would start to blare. It was like such a lemon. And I could have fixed that car superficially. I could have duct taped the windows. I could have removed the windshield wipers. I could have muffled that alarm. But is that really fixing the situation? Oftentimes that's what we do with our health, with our life, with our goals. We, we do these external tweaks 
and then we don't really get to the root. We don't really get under the hood mm. and figure out what's going on underneath the surface. Like, what are my motivations? Why do I do this? What is motivating me? Why am I pursuing these behaviors? And when we can get to the deeper levels, we can really start to heal in a long lasting permanent way. So reset is essentially 31 practices to help you get to the roots of why you do what you do, what your default mode is and how to begin to reset and do it differently. Listen guys, Janine and I have been married for six months and the reason why it is a beautiful marriage, it's because of Thrive Market. Thrive Market, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. We genuinely love you so much because of Thrive Market. We're able to save so much time through ordering all our grocery and household essentials through the app or website. Uh, Guys, it's just a huge stress relief. And you guys also know I have gut issues, like really, really, really bad. So finding, you know, food with top quality ingredients is super crucial for me. And Thrive Market not only does that, but they restrict over a thousand harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, and a lot more. And guys, when if you're parents and you have you need to find organic kid snack, they have low sugar alternatives and high protein essentials. Jenny and I are also training for our marathon, so it is so beneficial that we can find all of our protein options and snacks through Thrive Market. And guys, save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash healthy for 30% off your order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash healthy thrivemarket.com slash healthy. That is so amazing. And I I can guarantee you so many people are going to be benefited by your book and these words because I think that is the problem is that so many people are like, I want to change. And they set out to change and then they fail. And then they set out to change and they fail. And they're like, why can't I make a difference? And I know that habits play, you know, a massive role into this. I'm a big habits girl. I love Craig Rochelle. I love James Clear. Um, But also I think there is something more psychological that you're touching upon when it comes to trauma or childhood or you actually getting into the nitty gritty of someone's past experiences. And so I think this book is going to be really great for that because yeah, like I know there's so many times I'm like, I want to heal. I want to be different. And you just feel like you keep hitting a wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall, and you don't know how to change. And so I guess being a licensed professional counselor, how does someone like, what's like the first step that someone needs to do if they're like, man, I know something is off. I just don't know how to fix it and how to like address it. Well, I think the key is realizing that there's a pattern to our behavior. Thoughts lead to feelings and then feelings lead to behavior. That's why the subtitle of this book is owning your thoughts, understanding your feelings, and then changing your life. The changing your life part comes last. We try to start with changing your life, but we haven't addressed our feelings and we haven't really gotten to the roots of our thoughts. And so we keep going back to that cyclical behavior. You know, in the Bible, Romans 12 talks about, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. That's behavior. Don't do that. Don't be conformed to them, but be transformed. How are you transformed? By the renewing of your mind. Because it starts with your thinking. Thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to behaviors. I really want you to get that equation in your head because that is such an important part of life change. You have to realize that you have certain thoughts that are fueling certain feelings. And then those feelings tend to fuel a behavior. Let's just take eating healthy, for example. 
let's say you want to start eating healthy and you want to do a better job and you're kind of struggling with your eating. Well, you can kind of tackle that superficially. You can clean out your pantry. You can try to stop going to fast food places. You can even get a gym membership and join the gym. But then what happens when those overwhelming feelings of insecurity hit or those overwhelming feelings of stress hit and food is your escape? Mm. No matter what you've set up in your life, you're going to default back to unhealthy habits if you don't realize that there's underlying feelings that are actually fueling your behaviors. And what comes before those feelings are actually patterns of thinking and belief that that aren't good, aren't healthy, aren't from God. Most of the time, they're, they're thought patterns that are actually rooted in our trauma, not rooted in God's truth. And so we default to that negative thinking, I'm not good enough, nobody loves me, I'm all alone, I'm not able to do this, I don't have what it takes. Those negative beliefs then fuel these negative feelings, and then those negative feelings push us into unhealthy behaviors. So whether it's something like pornography or toxic relationships, let's say you keep finding yourself drawn to the jerks again and again <laughs> and again, you know, it's really about getting to the roots of what you believe and where those beliefs came from and starting to heal some of those places so that you can literally begin to reset that pattern of thoughts, feeling behaviors and ultimately find that your behaviors will follow suit. Wow, that is powerful. And like very, I don't know, that's really refreshing to hear because I think it makes you feel a little, it makes you feel a little less crazy when you're feeling a certain yes. way and you're like, man, why do I feel like this? And it's, it is kind of that whole phrase of like feelings are real, but they're not always reliable. And so yes. I think that's like what we kind of have to keep going back to of like, okay, this is real. Like, it sounds like what you're saying. I think I read this a little bit in your book, um, was that you said like, okay, like feel the feelings and say, okay, I know that I feel lonely, but that doesn't mean that's the truth. Yes. And I think that's like, kind of cool to give yourself space to feel that because I think what you were talking about and I think I heard you say this in another interview is that we suppress we, we suppress we're like no, no no this isn't true this is like whatever I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and then what you're saying is it manifests somewhere else and yeah. that's like really crazy to hear because I, I don't think that a lot of people like when you're going through your day-to-day, -day, like I know this is what I'm struggling with and I'm actually going through this with my counselor, is like you're going through your day-to-day -day, and we have what, how many thoughts per day do you think we have? Like 5,000? A lot. 12,000 as <laughs> women? A lot. <laughs> and it's like how how are, do you like take an audit daily when a thought yes. comes in your mind or are you letting that passively go through? Like how are you managing these thoughts? And thoughts are so familiar that we don't even recognize them sometimes. They're just kind of on replay in the back of our mind without us really taking ownership of them because oftentimes it's easier to choose what's familiar over what's healthy. And our body is used to taking the thoughts of least resistance. Mm. The path of least resistance is the way our mind works and usually that's the negative thinking, especially when that's what we're familiar with. And so all these negative thoughts are buzzing around your head. The Bible says, take your thoughts captive. That's like you actually have to catch them. Taking something captive, I think of animals in the wild, right? My thoughts are wild and crazy. I actually have to acknowledge them and take them captive 
if I want to change them. It's not just this general vague thing. It's not just this general prayer. It is literally taking each one of them captive and beginning to, to look for patterns of like, where are these negative thoughts coming from? One activity I have you do in Reset. So Reset is a book of 31 practices, these habits that are a little bit deeper. But at the end of each practice, there's an activity, something practical that you actually have to do that's going to change your life, change your mindset, help you do something differently. And one of the practices I have you do is to take 24 hours and write down every negative thought that pops into your mind. Wow. Because we don't actually do that often enough. And when you do so, I had a client do this. She was just really struggling in every area of her life, feeling like she wasn't a good enough mom, feeling like her husband didn't love her, feeling like her friends weren't really wanting her to be there, like they were kind of leaving her out, all of these feelings that she was having. And I had her track her negative thinking for 24 hours. And sure enough, it was like the theme of inadequacy kept coming up again and again and again. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And as we began to kind of unpack, where did some of those beliefs start? Like, where did they begin? Where did the enemy start planting that lie in your mind? For her, she was actually adopted when she was young, but she always said that adoption didn't have an impact on her life because she grew up in like a really good family that loved her and supported her. But now she's realizing, wait a second, I think that during that season of my life, I actually started believing the lie that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't wanted, that I was rejected. And all of those underlying beliefs came with her through life because she never dealt with them. Wow. And I always say like, if you want to preserve something and make it last longer, you bury it. <laughs> because when you bury things, they just last even longer. And that's what she was doing. She was just burying some of these things, some of these beliefs, trying not to acknowledge them, trying not to deal with them, trying not to remember them, but they were hibernating underneath the surface of her life and starting to impact everything. So your thoughts have a direct impact on how you feel. And like you said a, a minute ago, feelings are such an important part of the equation as well. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really powerful. I feel like that's something that everyone can take away today is doing that, that exercise. Like, I think that's something that I want to try to do because yeah, it, it's crazy, especially me being someone that lives alone. I talked about this in a previous podcast of mine. I live alone. And so there's no one really for me to bounce my thoughts off of. Or I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. Like I feel like, right. especially when you're alone is probably when the mental health declines a lot more. Would you agree with that? I think so. When you're in isolation, you're kind of left with your own thoughts. You don't have somebody to speak truth into your life, you know, and, yeah. and, and to battle those thoughts with you. So it's really you, yourself, and God, and honestly, your past trauma. Like, that's the stuff that tends to make its way to the surface of your life. You know, human beings are kind of like a volcano. And all of that pressure, the, the past trauma, the stressors in life, yeah. the insecurities, all the different feelings and things that we experience are kind of underneath the surface. And then all of a sudden, one day, if we don't really deal with it in a healthy way, it comes up to the surface without our permission in the form of some sort of an emotional explosion. And everybody goes through this. It's just not everybody talks about it. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that even in this conversation today, we can help free people to feel 
their feelings, to take ownership of their thoughts and realize that their thoughts don't have to own them. Their feelings don't have to own them. They can get to the root of some of these things and begin changing their default mode. Amen. That's so good. And that is my prayer for everyone listening because the title of my podcast is called Happy and Healthy because I genuinely like I want people to be healthy from the inside and out emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally, all the things. But I know they all coexist. They all work together to create an overall healthy person. And so my next question for you, because um, I saw you say this, that you said healthy people make healthy relationships. And so could you speak more into that of like, how would you kind of define a healthy person? How does that person become healthy to then later create a healthy relationship? Yeah, this is definitely the theme of everything I do. If I had to choose a phrase that kind of defines everything I do, it it would be that healthy people make healthy relationships. I think oftentimes, especially when we're in the dating stage of life, we want to think about who that person's going to be like, what they're going to bring to the table, what's their personality going to be like, what are their strengths and weaknesses, but we don't often take inventory of our personal level of health. And this is why it's important because human beings are magnetic. We attract and engage with people on our level of health. Wow. So if you're emotionally healthy, you're going to attract and engage with people who are also emotionally healthy and you're going to recognize the ones that aren't and kind of put boundaries to protect yourself. But when you're not emotionally healthy, you're you're fill, you're trying to fill these deeper needs for security, for purpose, for love, you know, the need to be needed, the need to be wanted. And so you're going to be drawn to people to fill those needs that you've never filled in healthy ways. And you're going to find yourself attracted to unhealthy people and engaging in the cycle of unhealthy relationships. A huge part of health, in my opinion, isn't just like one sliver of health. I think health is holistic. So yeah, when we look at where, where God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I really think that Jesus broke that into four quadrants for a reason, because heart represents our emotional health, soul represents our spiritual health, mind represents our mental health, and strength represents our physical health. Oh, that's good. And I think sometimes, specifically in the church, we really fixate on spiritual health at the neglect of all of the other components, at the neglect of our emotional mental and physical health. Like we don't talk about those things very much, but I think those are the things that are keeping so many of us stuck in unhealthy relationships. So that's what we're talking about is getting healthy in how you handle your emotions and how you handle your thoughts and your identity and your beliefs about yourself, what you believe about God, self and others, and really starting to heal from some of the things that shaped you over the years Mm. And, and, and leaning into the, the fact that God wants to do something new in your life. That's really powerful. And I, I think you're so spot on with that. And I'm sure since you've been practicing this for such a long time, you've seen the shift from, you know, when people were like ashamed of therapy, ashamed of counseling, it was such a right. focus on spirit, which was actually funny. Cause that was one of my questions is like, we, we went from going to like, oh, therapy is embarrassing and bad and be ashamed. Like that was part of my parents' generation is like, I remember, you know, telling my mom like, hey, I think I want to go to therapy and 
her saying like, no, like we, we don't do therapy. Like you need to pray more. Now her mindset has been shifted. Thank God. But I remember feeling like embarrassed that I wanted to go to counseling. And so I think you're so spot on with that of like those verticals. Like if one is off, you can't just like pray, which I'm all for like, yes, Jesus first seek the kingdom and everything that you do. But I wanted to touch upon that as well of like, you know, there is a little bit of an imbalance with that of like only focusing on that. And I I love that you mentioned that because I think that is something that has kept people enslaved. And so what are some of those like other practical things that you do? Like, I'm sure you have your faith in check, but like body wise, what do you like to do? I know you're talking about thoughts a lot here, but what are other ways that you keep yourself healthy versus just, um, like faith related stuff? One thing I want to say in response to what you just said about those other areas and how we kind of treat them differently. I mean, think about it. Like if you are struggling with diabetes, the response isn't going to be, well, you just need to pray more and you just need to put Bible verses on it and you just need to love God more, have more faith. The response is going to be, okay, let's pray. Let's pray you through this, but you also need to go get a doctor get your endocrinologist to check your insulin levels, make sure you're eating right, make sure you're doing everything that you need, getting the right medication. Like it's a holistic approach. But with mental and emotional health, I think sometimes it's like taboo in certain places. Like, well, maybe you just need more of Jesus. Maybe you just need to have more faith. But struggles with mental health and emotional health are not a reflection of a lack of faith. In fact, in my life and in the life of so many others I know, those have been the catalyst to to grow my faith because I've had to believe God in the darkest, hardest seasons of my life. And so I I talk about my journey in Reset and in another one of my books called Are You Really Okay? Because I've been on a journey myself of not being okay and and needing to, to, to tackle it in a holistic way through counseling. Even though I'm a counselor, counselors are not immune through medication at different seasons of my life, through exercise and just getting my body right. One one thing that I try to do regularly is just get make sure I'm, I'm moving my body and getting my steps in because even just taking a walk throughout yeah. your day, even just a 20 minute walk has been proven to decrease clinical depression. And and so it just goes to show you that all of these chemicals and things that are going on in our body need our attention. One of my favorite phrases is that depression and anxiety and mental health in general is not a character issue. Often it's a chemistry issue. And sometimes that chemistry is affected by things happening in our body, by our hormones, by our stress levels, by our trauma, because those things do end up impacting the chemical makeup of our body. But really, we've got to see it as a chemical issue, not a character issue. Otherwise, we beat ourselves up. We feel ashamed. Mm. And then we sink even deeper into the pit rather than coming up for air and beginning to heal. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. Something that I was thinking about as you were talking is I am someone that's always going to always err on the side of like, you know, I do genuinely believe that we we will find joy and fulfillment and purpose within Jesus. But if I go back to like thinking about the pandemic and thinking about my life and many other people's lives, like I was sitting around reading the word and studying and listening to sermons, but because I couldn't feed my social side, my, you know, um, going on, going on walks as much, I couldn't go to the gym. There was such a, a massive element that I couldn't fulfill because I was trapped in my home 
that's yes. when I started to see myself decline and get more anxious, get more in my thoughts. Like, I think that's just a prime example of like, you need it. It has to be well balanced. It has to be rounded out because I think that's when we saw so many people's anxiety and depression increase was because we weren't being well-rounded because we couldn't be. So right. yeah. What are your thoughts more on that? I agree. I think there is such a important part of community and helping each other heal. Healthy relationships help us heal from the past unhealthy relationships that we've experienced. Not that they can heal us, but they can help us move towards healing. I also think part of the reason that people struggled so much, especially with 2020, is because, like I said earlier, we kind of bury everything. We distract and numb and bury. And then all of a sudden, when there isn't anything to distract and numb and bury, we're left with our thoughts. Mm. We're left with our beliefs. We're left with our negative feelings that we've never taken the time to address. And I think that's part of the reason our culture is so wired for distraction. Like when you get in the car, how often is it that we just sit in silence and just reflect and have insight on what's going on inside of us? One of the things that I think throws people off a little bit is the first practice and reset is pause. Pause. Mm. Because it's like the introduction gets you all pumped. You're ready to go. You're ready to change. And then I'm like, pause first. Because I think there is such power in pausing and having insight in what's going on underneath the surface, turning off the noise, turning off the distractions, and giving our body the chance to reveal things that need to be healed. Yeah. If we're constantly going, 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 that that's that exchange is never going to happen. We're just going to keep burying and burying and burying rather than dealing with some of this stuff in a healthy way. So even that is just a practice that I think we've kind of lost in our culture. And I think COVID and 2020 and even the years following just helped people to realize like there's a lot of stuff underneath the surface that we've been repressing and ignoring. Yeah, especially with that year, everyone wanted to forget it. Everyone wanted to be like, nope, didn't exist. But I think a lot of those things are coming to the surface now. And so that's such a great advice to, you know, sit in it. It's like exactly what the car analogy you were saying of even thinking about like a car when the lights are flashing at you and it's like, hey, something's off and you're like, no, I'm going to run this car to the ground and you're driving, you're speeding, and next thing your car breaks and you're like, what happened? It was like we were ignoring those warning lights that were like, hey, something is off. So feelings are a warning signal. Like that's what feelings are. Sometimes people think, oh, feelings are bad or good and I don't want to have these feelings, but I'm okay with having these feelings. Feelings in and of themselves are not bad or good. It's what we do with those feelings. Mm. Feelings in and of themselves are just like a signal, like pay attention. Something is going on here that needs your attention. And so I think it's important for us to see feelings as just that, the, the, the dash lights that are going off, the signal that's saying, hey, there's something here that you need to pay attention to. Right. That's so good. So I guess like, okay, say someone's lights are going off and they're like, warning, warning, warning. You talk about in your book, the difference between unhealthy and healthy coping skills. Could you expand a little bit more on that? Yeah. So coping skills are essentially what we do to deal with the difficult feelings. What do we do when, when feelings come up? So let's just say you are home by yourself and all of a sudden you start having insecurities pop up. Let's just say you go on Instagram And you see that your friends were hanging out and for some reason you weren't invited 
and you start having these insecurities. You start, your mind starts getting filled with thoughts like, I'm not good enough. Why didn't they invite me? What's wrong with me? What's going on? You know, all of a sudden you're, you're having these feelings now, these insecurities that maybe you're starting to feel depressed and down and, and alone. Okay. Now you have a difficult feeling. So coping skills are what we do with that difficult feeling. Option number one is to block all your friends and decide, you know what? These people aren't good for me. They're, they're not really good friends. I don't like them. And isolate and, and just shut everybody off from your life. Option number two is to go to the fridge or pantry and just start binge eating unhealthy foods because you're trying to deal with those negative feelings. Option number three is to call one of your friends up in a rage and just like tell her what you really think about her, you know, and start <laughs> burning your bridges. Like those are coping skills, right? But those are unhealthy coping skills. Those are the ways that we try to deal with this difficult situation, this difficult feeling. And oftentimes we default to unhealthy coping skills because it's all we know. Mm. Oftentimes we default to the coping skills we've been taught by our family of origin. The things that have been passed down to us, whether or not they're healthy, is just what we're used to doing. And so for us, it, it really takes, like, like, I, like I say, a reset to begin to do things differently, to begin to recognize, okay, this is the feeling, but it's just a signal. Right. What is that feeling telling me? Okay, this feeling is telling me there's something I need to pay attention to. I'm feeling insecure. Where is that insecurity coming from? What are those underlying beliefs that I might be believing that are not true? I'm starting to believe that I'm not good enough. That's coming from my past. That is not actually the truth. I know these people love me. There, there could have been an oversight in, in this situation. This is something I want to communicate and ask questions and come to them and just have a conversation. You know, Maybe I call up a friend, a different friend, and talk through it with her and ask for prayer. Maybe I get my journal out and start processing some of the feelings that I'm having right now. Yeah. Maybe I go for a walk and I pray and I ask God to kind of help shine his truth into these struggles that I'm feeling. Those are healthy coping skills. There's ways to take that same emotion and either allow it to help you or hinder you. And all of that is based on the coping skills that we use. And, and, and like I said, some of them are so automatic. We just do things. We just react rather than responding to the situation. And I know for some people, it's like, well, how am I supposed to learn healthy coping skills? If this is just who I am, this is just my personality. This is just what I was taught. Well, going back to this is why counseling can be such an important part of your journey. You know, I started a counselor's network for a reason because I was getting such a high volume of requests for counseling. Wow. And I agree with you, Jeanine. I feel like we're at a stage now where people finally, especially this generation, is not just willing to do the work of healing, but they're proud of it. It's yeah. like going to the gym. You know, when you're in CrossFit, you're like high-fiving everybody, like, look at what I'm doing. What if we were to see counseling as the same kind of work? Like, look at what I am doing to get myself strong emotionally and mentally. And I'm so proud of this generation because I truly believe that I see that heart of restoration and healing and people aren't ashamed of it. They're like, we know we're not perfect, wow. but we want to be the best version of ourselves. So if you're kind of listening to this and you're on the fence and you're like, man, I've got some stuff in my life. I've got some things from my past. I've got trauma 
that keeps coming up. I've got behaviors that I keep tripping up in, whether it's pornography, whether it's an addiction to screen time, whether it's a, a consistency of unhealthy relationship after unhealthy relationship. Maybe God is trying to reveal something so that he can begin to heal you to the next level in this season of your life. And that is great. It's really encouraging, though, to hear that you do really genuinely mix your faith into psychology. Because I think that is an interesting balance of, you know, like I was saying earlier, one side can sway too much to the faith side. 100%. And then one is too, no, too psychology. It's like there's got to be more of a balance. So how do you do that? Like how do you really, in your maybe even in your counseling sessions of like, incorporating God and its truth and in the word into your sessions, because I really do believe the two can coexist and should coexist. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I, I think that the motto for me is to worship God in spirit and in truth. Yeah. And I think when I look at scripture, I see a lot of truth. When I look at psychology, I see a lot of truth and anything that is true is, is because God made it that way. Like even the things that we think and believe about human behavior, even type of therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy where we're transforming our thoughts. That sounds familiar. Romans 12, transforming right. your thoughts, you know? So, so much of truth is actually God's truth. But then there's also the spirit component of allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal things that only he can reveal and help us heal some of those places where the enemy tries to destroy. And so for us, and, and in my, my counselor's network is made up of counselors who love Jesus first and foremost. They are believers first mm. and counselors second. But I do believe that that balance is so important because when we swing too much in one direction, it's like, oh, all you need is the Bible and don't worry about your diagnosis and don't worry about your depression and don't worry about your past patterns right. and your trauma. But then the other side is, well, all you need to heal is yourself and you're a self healer and you can do it all by yourself, which isn't the truth. Like we need Jesus yeah. to help us heal. Amen. And he will always say yes to the work of healing in our life. So if you're struggling and you feel like I'm stuck, this thing just keeps coming back into my life again and again and again, don't see it as you're stuck. See it as God inviting you into a deeper layer of healing than you've ever had before and partner with him on the, on the journey of healing. Oh, I love that. That is so amazing. What would you say to somebody though, that is younger or they just don't have the finances to afford a counselor? How can they still like, what's something they can do right now that will still benefit them if they can't even afford that? I would say start by reading reset. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy <laughs> Little $15.99 um, approach to just getting yourself healthy. Honestly, I really believe that. You know, I used to struggle, Janine, with like the whole book world. I love writing books, but I hate marketing them. I really <laughs> do. Like that's just the hard part for me. Until God just started shining the, the truth that, you know what, if you really believe in this message of healing, right. and you really believe that God has helped you to heal, he's helped me to heal. And the things that I've learned, I can pass down to other people. Then all of a sudden, it's not about marketing a book. All of a sudden, it's about marketing a message of healing and hope to this generation. And that I can get on board. I can truly believe in that. So sit under people who are speaking truth. 
Sit under people that want to help you heal. Sit under credible people. I know it can be hard to find, and that's why it's awesome, Janine, for you to kind of sift through those people for your listeners. Yeah. Because then they can know, okay, this is a person that I can trust. This is a person that can sit under their teaching. Yeah. But also, I think we also have to to change the way that we think of, of the investment of counseling. Even on my team, we have reduced rate counselors for people who can't afford the price of a full counseling session. We have a team of reduced rate counselors that can help you on your journey. But I also think calling around, you'll find that a lot of counselors offer pro bono sessions. A lot of counselors are covered by insurance. A lot of churches offer free counseling services as well. So sometimes it just takes a little bit of work, but I really think the work is worth it to, to begin the journey of healing. I think it's an investment that you'll never regret making. Amen. I love that. That's such a great like answer because, yeah, I think a lot of people feel they feel stuck. They're like, oh, this is the only way I can find healing or freedom. And I'm 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 loving that you're sharing You're like, no, there's there's more. There's options. You just got to do a little bit of digging. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, just to close out, um, I want to ask you this last question. So how long have you been practicing? Over 15 years. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure in those 15 years, you have just seen so much in restoration and healing in people's lives. And so I wanted to ask you that just throughout your years of counseling and helping people, what do you find to be the most like life-changing thing that you've guided people through that's helped them become free? What's something that you kind of recurrently see like an underlying thing or a common, a commonality throughout all of them? Yeah, I would say there's so much healing work to do from our childhood that I don't think we realize. I think sometimes we think when we come to Jesus, all of a sudden that stuff goes away. But I find that it comes up so much more than we realize that there's like this childhood version of us that's still living inside of us and dealing with our pain and our wounds and our traumas and our insecurities that we've never addressed. We've never paid attention to. We've never healed from some of those things. And then those things, when left unhealed, seep into the way we do life mm. and the way we do relationships. When I was writing Reset, uh, one of the chapters that God put on my heart was chapter 14. It's called Like a Child. And it's the verse where Jesus says, let the little children come to me. And, you know, that day I, I saw that verse through the lens of my childhood self, not just any little child, but me as an eight-year-old girl struggling with anxiety, or you as that girl who was abused, or you as that little girl who is dealing with your parents' divorce and feeling abandonment and hurt, or you struggling with the girls at school who are bullying you and feeling rejected. Like Jesus sees that version of you mm. and he says, come to me. There's a place for your childhood wounds here. There's a place for healing here. I want you here. I want to deal with this and heal you on on a deeper level. And I think sometimes, Janine, we don't deal with that stuff and then we bring it into dating relationships. We bring it into marriage. When you're in a relationship, it triggers your childhood wounds. It pushes on some of those buttons that were on hibernate for so long. And honestly, one of the things that I do most in couples therapy is actually helping people heal from some of those childhood wounds. So if this all sounds interesting to you, every <laughs> February we did a, we do a series called Couples Therapy where couples join me on the podcast with an issue. 
and we kind of talk through where that issue is coming from. And almost in every session, we find that it's actually rooted in much deeper things from their childhood. So the best thing you can do for yourself and for your relationships is to begin the process of getting healthy standing alone. Ooh, amen. That's kind of convicting too. (laughs) Yeah, that's so great because, I mean, that's actually something I hear all the time is um, there's this phrase that says that married people problems aren't married people problems. They're single people problems. Exactly. And so it's exactly addressing that, and that's so good and so convicting, and I've seen that to be even a thread in my own life as I'm dating someone right now. And, um, yeah, it's like half the time it's not even what he's doing. It's something that's triggering an old wound or whatever. So it's something we're working together and we figure out together and it's how can we heal together, but also individually do the work. So yeah. Yes. Thanks for sharing that. That's so powerful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I'm excited to continue to read your book. Um, I know this will be a benefit to me. I know this will be a benefit to so many of my listeners and thanks for just sharing your wisdom and doing all the things that you do. And I'm I'm excited to check out your podcast and check out the um, relationship stuff that you're doing on there as well. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm so grateful to be here. And and I just so appreciate you speaking truth into this generation and the work that you do. So thanks for having me. Thanks so much. And yeah, I'm assuming people can get your book everywhere that books are sold. Yeah, anywhere books are sold. I hang out predominantly on Instagram right now at Deborah Falada, and my website is DebraFalada.com, and my relationship advice blog is TrueLoveDates.com, so you can find all the information and all the links at either of those places. Awesome. I will definitely be checking this out. Thank you so much, Deborah. I appreciate you coming on Happy and Healthy. Thanks for having me. Bye. Okay, you guys, that was today's episode with Deborah Folletta. I hope this was a blessing to you. I know this was a blessing to me. I cannot wait to just continue to read her book. And this really just reshifted my perspective and gave me some great truths and reminders to hold on to. So um, I hope that's the same case for you guys as well. You guys can check out her book and her information in the show notes as well as the YouTube description. And I'd love to know y'all's thoughts. Feel free to DM us or tag us on Instagram. Comment down below whatever you guys think. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see if this was a blessing, but I really think this episode was beneficial for me to listen to. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. I, I feel like I'm starting to get a little underneath the weather right now. I'm feeling like really run down right now and tired, but, um, we shall prevail. I will get through it. I think I'm just feeling like a little burned out from the weekend. So thank you guys for listening to my podcast as always, always sharing them. If you guys are liking the podcast or if this has been a blessing to you guys, thank you so much for supporting it, for donating the voice memos, commenting, sharing it. If you really are finding it to be beneficial, then feel free to leave us a um, review on my podcast. That really helps so much if you are finding this to be beneficial. And um, you know what's really cool is I meet you guys out and about all the time. And if you ever see me in public, please say hi. I met two girls this past weekend at church and at the pool, and it was genuinely so fun. Like, I love meeting you guys. So never feel embarrassed or like, oh, she's not going to want to say hi. Like, I love it. So please always say hi. And I love chatting with you guys. So thank you guys for just your support and your encouragement. It means the absolute world to me. So I will see you guys again for another episode of Happy and Healthy next Tuesday. But until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, y'all.